0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see McDonald's.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network.
1: Talk Sport, powered by fans.
3: Hello and welcome to this edition of Red Side of the Trend after Forest are, pun intended, hammered by West Ham United in London by four goals to nil. Uh, It's our third London trip of the season so far and we have an aggregate score of 11-0, so not good reading at all that. Um, Full hour today to go through yesterday as I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Christian Brown and Lee Clark. I mean, from my perspective, it's never enjoyable to dissect a heavy defeat, but this is the life we've chosen and let off some steam, we shall. So we'll start with you, Adam. Um, two changes saw Nico Williams and Chris Wood come in for Sergio Ray, who's picked up an injury, another one for us, and Danilo dropping to the bench. Jesse Lingard also returned to the bench as well. Was you happy with that team or anything you'd have done differently from the off?
4: Difficult to say, obviously, at the time. And then in hindsight, you kind of think maybe Chris Wood again in the this wide striker thing. We saw what he did last week as the central striker, where, where he ended up scoring. I'm I'm not quite sure it works in a two, though he didn't play that badly. I thought he actually battled quite well. I'm sure I could speak for a lot of people, Christian mainly the head hand show on this, but Nico Williams is not a right back. After we we it was a need's must. And in the first half, he got away with it maybe a little bit, but the problem was is, <laughs> um, every, every, like most of the goals come down his side. To be honest, in the second half, we'll obviously get into that a bit more. But I feel otherwise, I thought we set up to counter and and be difficult to beat. But I just think that formation for me is getting a bit tiresome away from home. I feel like we need to change it a little bit. In, in that aspect, and and have a bit of a different game plan going away from home because it clearly isn't working. It's evident. It's only worked for five points of this season, and I think even against Everton when we got a one-all draw, we played the three at the back, didn't we? So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really not sure. I'm course. not I'm not convinced on this formation away from home. I do think you can have two plans for at home and and for away. I, I'm not sure if if it quite works for me. It's there's not enough width. We just get absolutely punished down the flanks. In, in in all honesty, but that's just my opinion on it.
3: I mean, what formation would you
4: look to go for away from home? I'd go more or more natural four three three. If you're going to play three in the middle and mm. play wide wider, play wide ways. forwards. I know, I know that kind of like doesn't help Morgan Gibbs White, but mm. I think his work rate would he would sacrifice for the team away from home. You can clearly see he'd, he'd do that job. It, it, it's it doesn't mean he's not going to be influential on in the game. Mm-hmm. I think people get it in his head that he can only play at number 10 when he doesn't have to. It's a team game at the end of the day. What what, what Cooper says goes at the end, at, in all honesty. So that, that's what I would do, just to try and get some confidence away from home because we're clearly like weak mentally, aren't we?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd literally put in my tweet the, the progress that we'd made from you know two poor sides, let's be honest, in Southampton and Bournemouth, but I mean, that's kind of gone out the window again, and we're back to Say one again, um, which is concerning. Um, West Ham then started, the, they pretty much started the game, the better on the front foot for me. Being at home, you'd probably expect that. Um, they did have an effort deflected onto um, our own post by Felipe, so we did get away with that one. But they didn't really create much in the first half, West Ham, despite being on the front foot. Um, the one talking point for us in the first half, Lee, I mean, we didn't create anything either really i know Gibbs white had a shot straight at fabianski it was a penalty shot for Brennan johnson not given anything in that for you
5: no uh, no not really um clutching at straws a little bit i think, yeah, I think I was
3: about to say that
5: yeah i don't i don't think um yeah i think that we wouldn't we'd be laughing it off wouldn't we if it was at the other end so uh I agree yeah next
3: next short <laughs> and of sweet um, I mean, first half, not, not much did happen, did it, to be fair. So, you know, into the second half, then, as we we got lucky again to see Jared Bowen's effort hit the inside of the post and come out. I mean, when that did hit the post, I thought it was going to probably hit the other and go in, but it didn't, thankfully. And uh, he was a big threat, I thought, all afternoon, Bowen. I mean, he's a very good player. I know he's not been at the level he was last season, this season, but he's still a very good player. Um, Lucas Paquetta also had an effort just go over the crossbar um, but it was a sub on the 67th minute that seemed to be the turning point as John Joe Shelby was replaced by Andre Ayew and that led to a change in formation and under 20 minutes later we we didn't find ourselves 1-0 down but 4-0 down um, so we're going to go through the goals one by one and I'll start with the first goal Christian I mean what went wrong for that goal? Um Quite a lot. Um,
2: it it we it, we have to go back to the substitution really. I mean, it was. I don't think we played particularly well yesterday. Obviously, been no. before the like the sub, but I felt that in the second half we would sort of ridden that mini wave. I mean, for, like I said, for all the all the ball that West Ham had, like their best effort came from twenty five yards out. I like, never yeah, exactly. had nothing to do, so it wasn't like they were doing much, and. You know, it just felt like we just started to get on top of them. We just started to build some momentum. We just started to put them in, in awkward situations. Like Cresswell was really struggling with Johnson, and it was kept being out of position as well. We kept exploiting that as well very quickly. And then Shelby comes off, and we go to this midfield too. And look, I, 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 it's cost us the game. I mean, that's on Cooper. and I think he knows that as well. It's cost us the game, and because, it's obviously we'll come on to him in more uh, detail, I'm sure, in the coming goals of Williams. But with that midfield three, you had at least one of either Froiler, Shelby or Colback sort of holding his hand, if you like. There was someone there to sort of help him and give him like a bit of protection barrier. Mm-hmm. And the second that went, we just got ravaged down the flanks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for the goal, I mean, it, it, it was just like the Leicester game, but worse, like, was it happened in just a short space of time. And it just like, they just literally saw the space that we exposed and just, completely ravaged it and for the goal I mean again like we're looking at like two different Joe Worrells you've got a Joe Worrell who you know, who's done everything, worked as hard as he can to become a Premier League defender and we see that at home and then you see Joe Worrell away of Nottingham who just seems to forget that the second he crosses the white line doesn't know what he's doing like his positioning for that goal is absolutely atrocious like you can see again, much like this is why I was like more critical of him in the Fulham goal. Like I know Adam was sort of saying, Oh, Aurie was to blame for leaving him exposed. It's not that, it keeps happening. And you know he doesn't even look to see where Ings is. West Ham are playing with one striker, he was their only focal point. And he's not he's lost the centre forward in the box. I mean, that's uh, that's inexcusable. Absolutely. He just runs right past him, he doesn't even look over his left shoulder. There's like bang, ball the back and there. But I guess obviously you go to the root cause to you know, stop the cross, stop the goal, sort of thing. But it was just done. It was amateur. As That's as the best way to describe it. it. was. I only expect to see that on Sunday morning. Like, from stuff I can, like, pissed up, dazz on the night out, forgetting to track his man. It was exactly like that. And you're seeing that at Premier League level. It's it, a joke. And, like, you know, I always feel like... Probably the only time I'm going to say this, because what's going to come off, it's going to be very critical of him. That is the only time I can sort of excuse Williams, because Ings has floated in between Williams and, and Worrell. Uh, Williams has got a man in his left and he's got him yeah, there. He, oh he's caught in a rock and a half place, doesn't know what to do. All because Morrill simply hasn't looked over his left shoulder. I mean I'm he's <sighs> just like I, the capitulation that follows next to the joke, but that is just, you know, a fundamental basic error and you know, you have to ask the sort of some serious questions now. I don't think Joe Roll's good enough for Premier League. System. And I think we're seeing that in the away games now because it it started to cost us points, and we will be in big big trouble if this keeps going on. We need near for ASAP because he's not good enough to start the
3: minute. He's only in the team based on that. There's no one else available. Mm. Yeah, it is concern. I mean, Danny Ings has got an eye for goal at this level, Antion. What was he? Eight yards out. He's not gonna really miss his' No, he of course If you just let
2: him go, like he's completely look to see where he is. Mm. Like it's just piss poor defending. Like. You see Felipe go over to his section, mm. and you see Worrell just blindly run past Danny Ings. And, it's and embarrassing. The fact like, that you, if They're having the
3: championship with Furious, let alone the top level. Like you say as well, Christian, Nico's got Ben Rama, so that's his man on exactly. the wing. Yeah, um, he's stuck. Ings is Worrell's man and he's, he's letting go, unfortunately. Go on, like
5: I think the thing that's kind of annoying me with not just Worrell, he's not the only one guilty of it, but. Obviously, he fronted up to the media, didn't he? And it it's always the same. You may as well copy and paste it. It's unacceptable to concede concede once, then concede twice within eight minutes and and capitulate like that. Well, it's mid-February now, and that's been happening all season. Now, he's the captain. Um, for me, that's kind of his responsibility as well, to ensure that when we do concede one, it doesn't become three in the space of 10 minutes. And it's been happening all season. It's It's that bit that's kind of like i say you never want to just seem like you're bashing players but it just seems that we've got we talk about having so many leaders and players of our own and who care about the football club i'm sure they do but so do all of all of us and we're not seeing any improvement away from Oma at all, are we really against yeah. like, the the better sides? I mean, we, we say better sides West Ham. were in but the I better the start. No West mate, Ham we? before yesterday,
2: West Ham was one out of the last 11. Exactly. And, 19 and, goals all season. They're in the bottom three. They're five points behind us. They've got, got massive go pressure just, on them as well. Exactly. We, they yeah. all go in, they went into that game knowing that, you know, had Moyes lost that game, he was probably going to get sacked. So we all said dream. that. It came. They came out in the times as well. It was likely mm. to happen. And then what happens? Charity FC bowl at the town, and we get the West Ham from last season. It's a yeah. fucking joke. It
3: keeps happening. It's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this I've seen like fans putting on Twitter, you know, um, looking forgot to look to improve to away, and it's kind of getting to that stage. Well, it's got to that stage now, in my opinion, where we've had twelve away games this season, and we're just not improving as I stated earlier we 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 got um results at Southampton and Bournemouth and then yesterday we've gone completely back to square one do you know yesterday right do you know if we lost one nil right and they've scored from whatever our goal and it's a tight game you can kind of say look okay they've nicked it but to go under our we did as we'll come on to now was just completely unacceptable
2: but well, I mean the, the worry for me is obviously like you know seven out the last 10 teams have gone down Mm. Um, sorry, who scored the least amount of away goals in the league have gone down. There've only been three exceptions to that, obviously. And, you know, I think I've got it here, but it's, you know, also you look at Norwich last season and so yes, there you go. So Brighton scored the fewest in 2018. They got 10, they came 15th. Villa got 13 in 2015 and came 17th. And in 2013, West Ham got 11 and came 10th still somehow. Mm. But, you know we've got three goals this season. It's the it's the worst attack out of all four divisions away from home. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's, it, I'll, I'll, I've got a couple of more stats for later on, um, so we'll, I'll lead them to later. But I mean, three minutes later, Adam. I mean, the game is pretty much sealed. As I mean, his heads just completely dropped. I mean, me and Lee was f- fortunate and unfortunate to have got a ticket for yesterday, um, and you could just see that and. We allow, I think it was Paquetta and then Ben Rama to just run through us, and I mean Danny Ings bundles it in from a couple of yards out at most. I mean, you know, explain that goal. I mean, what, what, have, I mean, what has happened there? Just
4: before I get into it, I did want to offer a piece on the first goal, which is, Go it from a team perspective, the goal was shy because Morgan Gibbs White has got Declan Rice going back to his own goal and then he turns him out. With, with no no real attempt to actually try and block the pass off, it goes into the midfield and then it gets played out. And then Remo Freuler is running with Danny Ings and there seems to be absolutely zero communication. Yes, Warrell can look, but Freuler, as someone who's been a captain uh, for a long time at a Champions League side, doesn't seem to offer any communication there that I can see anyway on the picture. But other than that, it's it's still shambolic. You can't
2: expect the- your centre back to not look over his shoulder. I'm sorry. That's yeah, I know
4: that. I know that, but there still has to be some level of communication and blame from defending from the front as well. That's all I'm getting at. The second goal, I can't defend Warrell because Ben Rama goes past him. He's so flat footed. But the problem is, how do you lose the ball from kickoff? Because we've launched the ball, they've closed the ball down, and Suchek's bullied colback and that's going to happen all the time because Suchek is a man mountain. Let's let's face it. And then Williams, you either have to go through Paquetta or deal with the ball. He's actually got the ball and then still loses it. And then Benrahma, like like I just said, he goes past Worrell because he's flat-footed. He puts the ball across and Loddy can't really do much more than what, what happens. It's just unfortunate how it goes in. But it's just a shit show from start to finish. That is literally, as Christian said, what you see on a Sunday morning of, of defending. That is schoolboy worse than schoolboy. And 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 West Ham's tails are up, and and obviously then it just goes into the rest of the game because it's so easy for them. It it's unbelievable, that that is not a Forest side that we've been used to the last few last last eighteen months. You'd say, especially in the Championship, where you go goal down, you go, oh, we will get back into this. You don't ever think we're going to get back into it when we go goal down.
3: Yeah, to use to use a boxing analogy, it, it was very punch drunk from us. We literally got hit in the face and we stumbled a little bit, and then literally West Ham then thought, right, these could they, these are here now for the knockout, and that's what and that's what they did. And they, the, West Ham are they are
4: a good side. They come yeah, what, eighth, got, eighth, and, got, eighth, and seventh for seventh in the last
3: two on seasons. On paper, they're a good side, but it's we just we made not showing that this season.
4: We made them look way better than they are. Mm. They didn't lay really a glove on us apart from. Bowing it in the post and Felipe and the, the deflection off Felipe until the first goal and and you can't give teams any team like that easy chances. We we apart from Rice's goal, we gifted them three and that's just not acceptable. Well, isn't
3: well it? you know, like me and Christian has said, there's, there was massive pressure on West Ham yesterday. You, you know, if we'd gone there and got that first goal, like we said on the pod last weekend, the crowd would have turned. Well, know, they, were start- they were starting to turn, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, me and Lee would have. You guys wouldn't have probably saw it, but me and Lee would have seen it. I'm not sure if Lee did know. But David Moyes, when they got the second, was on the pitch celebrating the goal because <laughs> he knew he his knew, job was still he, intact. Yeah, for he week. knew he was under. He knows he's under pressure. He was, and David Moyes is quite a mild mannered manager, you'd say, wouldn't he? He's not one you'd expect to be running down the touchline, jumping on the players. But he was on the pitch celebrating when that second went in. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it, I mean. Communication is still a big thing, especially away from home for us, because in the first half, there was one where they had Bowen and Kufel down the right against Loddy and Colback. and they literally both went to Kufel, Loddy and Colback, and Bowen just went by them both into the box. I think uh, that was across what got blocked, but you know stuff like that, you just that's going to get punished. And we were lucky probably West Ham didn't punish us in the first half because they had about eight corners I think in the first half so anyway um, five minutes later the game definitely was put beyond doubt as yeah that £120 million pound centre mid Declan Rice killed a cracker into the top corner I mean I know I had a little joke about Rice last week but those who know me personally will know I'm a massive England fan I'm also a massive fan of Declan Rice I think he's a brilliant centre fielder um, have you just got to accept that's a great goal or can we do anything about that
5: yeah, I think so. I think we I think we are nitpicking a little bit if we, we start looking at, you know, I think sometimes when you watch analysis on TV, there'll always be a, kind of the trendy pundit that kind of thinks it's cool to say, oh, yeah, but it can be stopped. With a strike like that, sometimes you just have to tip your hat and, and say fair play. But yeah, it was a good goal. Um, and Rice is brilliant. Again, I think Rice is one of those players that um, it's pretty... Again, trendy for some people in this country, isn't it? To say, oh, I don't really know what he does. Well, understand the role of a central midfielder then. And frankly, he's one of the the best in the world at what he does. So, yeah, I don't think he'll be at West Ham next year. No chance. Um, But yeah, it was just a good goal. I'm not going to nitpick anyone for that. It was just, like we've already said on this pod, the mentality of us when we go one or two down away is absolutely piss poor, frankly. and. Again, we were kind of stood, feeling sorry for ourselves as he whipped one into the top corner. So, yeah, it
3: just a really good goal. I think annoyingly, I don't think I've ever seen him score a goal like that. So no. um, I think that's what has like been folks. I know Stuart Pierce speaks about it on talks, but off top, odd times, and he and he says you know Declan is a really good player, but he said he can be so much more. He is. I do see him as he can be a box to box midfielder. I remember him scoring a goal in Europa League. Uh, for West Ham, I think it may have been last season against maybe Dinamo Zagreb, And he literally drove with the ball the whole, pretty much the length of the pitch and smashed it in. And So he's got that in his locker, um, but less of him anyway. And um, to, I mean, then to add insult to injury, Christian, I mean, the former Red, Michael Antonio. I mean, if rumours were to be believed, he was near enough heading towards us in January. Um, just West Ham couldn't really get the cover with Skamaka being injured as well. He heads in the fourth. I mean, I think that was his first touch as well. Um, I mean, for the final time. Um, I mean, what went wrong with that goal?
2: I mean, I think he's, he's, he escapes quite a bit of criticism, but I don't know how. From, yeah, but, you? but I mean, like, are we going to discuss how vulnerable three goals came from the right-hand side? Or are we going to sort of look Yeah, fire away, um, mate. Fire away. Um again I the attempt from Williams to stop the cross I think it's before the balls play down the line is embarrassing he just completely there's that's no other word for it it's completely embarrassing he makes himself so predictable he just telegraphs exactly what he's going to do so the West Ham player just stops plays a pass into the space then he's got a, a free run put, puts a ball into the back I mean it's though that it gets done by Antonio isn't it I mean yeah. you've just got to be a bit stronger there it? it's a yeah, routine ball into the box I mean like you know, I get. Obviously, he's only just come on. He's maybe not, you know, full up to speed or whatever else. But he's got. He's it's, got to
3: be stronger. To You've be got fair, like... to be fair, mate, you could say that about Antonio as well, because it was his first touch. Yeah, I think. That's, that's very <laughs>
2: true. Yeah, look at it from that perspective. But again, you, you look at the root cause, and it comes down from that right hand side again. I mean, and this is what's going. I mean, I said, you know, I said to you, obviously, all privately, that I think that you know we're in big trouble until when Ivorian is out for a long period of time, and Lo no, hole he's out for a month if Williams is going to play right back until he's back, which is probably going to happen, we'll be in the bottom three by the time Murray's back on grass of for forest. We are, he is, by comfortably, the worst defender in the Premier League. There is not one other team in the division that plays him. I'm sorry, there isn't. Like You can look at Southampton, you can look at Bournemouth, they both believe first. They do not play Neko Williams, yet we are, because we pay £17 million for him because we're fucking stupid. Like We've been Jordan Ives, we've been Dominic Solanke. There's no wonder the recruitment team got sacked. He's inept. He's, in, he's unable to play as a right back and we're relying on him now to stay in the division it's not going to
3: happen I mean it is vastly concerning that we've signed a player that seemingly can only play in a five at the back that is um, I
2: don't take great pleasure yeah. in saying that I'm right about this because you know as we all know in this podcast, it's, we're, we're all of us are the same I'm sure everyone listening is the same as well we'd much rather be wrong about a player that we're critical of assigning because it means that the player's done well for us to benefit, but us being right, because that means that Forest are in a position of weakness. We need to buy a right back first. We, regardless of what decisions uh, division we're in next season, whether it's Premier League or Championship, Williams can't play for us. He's not good enough. Like, just cut our losses, and get him gone. Like, just get he can't. He's not, he's not like, oh god. Like he just, the more we talk about it, the more I see like the walls just closing in. Like, the right the the third goal you say about are oh, we nitpicking. The the, the way the ball gets to Rice is embarrassingly easy just from that lack of defending from Williams and Morrill. The second goal, Williams smashes the ball towards his own goal and Ben Rama picks it up and just runs right with it. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And, you know, every team we we go up against now, we have to look at their left winger and think, right, is he good or not? Because if he is, we're not getting anything out of the game until Williams is off the pitch. Unless we play like the two, you know, double up massively on that side and try and protect him, which is embarrassing. but it's over but We're now saying, I've said that word a lot. so like, embarrassing. Like we have to like you know find a way to protect a right back. I mean, it's his job to fucking defend. It. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And you know, it's no wonder why, like I said, Marinakis like said to Sirianos, "Fuck off," because <laughs> if if you if you sanction seventeen million pounds on that, like it's <laughs> oh. Joke, absolute joke. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, can't, I, get, I can't, I can't, I can't rant about him anymore.
3: He's fucking shit, and we're going down if he keeps playing. That's the bottom line. I, I get the feeling you're not a fan, Christian. <laughs> well, that's um, your explicit Christian rant for this week, listeners. So, um, I hope you did enjoy that. But uh, no, being, being, you know, um, realistic, it is vastly concerning, um, as, as well. I think early on the season we. You look at that Everton goal, it was down that right side, went to where they just clip the, I think Pickford clipped it over the top. And it's very, and you know, Serge Ore's come in and just added some composure, um, as well as Willie Bolly in that back line. And now it's a bit. Well, we saw war- in the Leeds
2: game, sorry, we all saw it in the Leeds game, the difference in defending between mm-hmm. Williamson's Oreo. Like you look look at all the joy Ganonso has in that first half. And I know he's a good player, not get me wrong, he is a very good player, Gonzo. He ran Williams ragged down that side. Aurier comes on, he doesn't get sniffed and he starts acting petulant and starts kicking out. That is a difference between a competent right back and one who isn't anywhere near good enough. Like I don't think I mean, I'm trying not to be like, oh, no, hyperbole, over exaggerating. I don't think I've ever seen a footballer more out of his depth level that Forrester at than Echo Williams at the minute. I include I mean, I just generally don't. Like, I mean he's I'm sure he's a nice lad, you know, whatever else, but he just is not at the required level. I don't think he ever will be. Personally, I really don't. I mean, you, you look at some of the shocking loan signings we've had, or some, it's players that haven't worked out for us at all. More often than not, they've shown something at that level that's you know for us to sign him in the first place. The only real exception is Diakadi, but other than and probably Dimitri. But if you're scraping the barrel of these players, you know all the other players that we've signed have been bad. Haven't necessarily been bad everywhere in their career. Like if you look at what Williams has done, he played what an average half hour a game at Liverpool, who never got attacked because you know they were the best team in the country at that point. They got what he was playing, you know, sporadic appearances here, left, right, and centre when they were getting like ninety points every season. No one was getting near them. He goes to Fulham side that pissed the league last year again, never really had to defend. And when he and you know, you look at our goal there, the one that Zinchenko sort of bubbled through that came down the right hand side. Like I'm sorry, like it, he's he's had an easy run his whole career. He's now got to a point where he's actually got to do what he's doing. He's just been exposed badly. Really, really badly. And you think of some of those fucking data analyst nerds saying he's better than Jed Spence. Some of these people still working in football. God help those clubs. It was honestly fucking clueless. Absolutely fucking clueless.
3: Well, swiftly going to move on. Um, I mean, we usually come on to player performances this week, but I mean, Nico Williams and Joe Wells already had it in the bow, so I'm not, I'm not even bothered and... Let's be honest, I don't think anybody really did themselves justice, did they? When as soon as we collapsed yesterday, but um, we're going to get onto your slept on it thoughts now. So, Grant Fellows, uh, John Joe for IU, change of shape, openers up three goals in seven minutes, game over. Bizarre from Cooper, looking good for a point until then. Now, have Everton had to be a win, nothing else will, will be good enough. Um, Jerry Pritchard, the Shelby situation for Iowa's baffling and pivotal. Don't see the point of playing Wood when we could play another midfielder and try to stop pressure. Barnes Red Dog, how many more collapses this season it needs to stop? I mean, we thought it had, but, you know, it hasn't, obviously. Uh, David Bulling, weird decisions from Cooper. No one turned up apart from Shelby. Some very poor performances. Williams, Gibbs-White, Froehler and Warrell, who it pays me to say just isn't at this level think our right side is very, very weak. Pretty much what you said, Christian, and exposed. May need to rethink personnel and tactics. That's what you've mentioned, Adam. Um, Saika was back. Great stadium to look at. Bloody horrible to watch football in. I totally agree with that. We were looking good for a point until we're weak in the midfield. would unfortunately, offered nothing. Thank God we remember how to play football at home. Um, light Lightyear, embarrassing and pathetic. Didn't realise how small Navas was until today. He's tiny, but I'm not sure we can blame Navas for any of the goals. Uh, Nico for 17 million is just laughable. We are really hurting with these injuries now, and it's showing. I'd bet on us to not win another away game for the rest of the season. Uh, Matty Moon is obviously capitulated far too easy, but I was, re- I was really happy with how that second half was progressing. The crowd were quiet and nervous, and we were starting to come on to them. I think that's a fair point, that. Uh, taking one out of the midfield was definitely a mistake. We didn't need to push it. I think that's a very good tweet. That one. But, um, lead to was think Cooper's Dan if didn't go for a win and damn for making a change. Shelby's looking through business and runs socks off but can't do it for ninety minutes. Maybe Mangala or Danilo better choices with Mister Extra Body in centre mid. Easy to say in hindsight. Massive game Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Garibaldi, I think that Cooper got carried away by the success of the subs against City. Sacrificing the midfielder at 0-0 in this game just didn't feel like a risk worth taking. Dagan and Dave, Cooper replaced Shelby for what he considered the correct reason. It turned out to be the wrong one. He looked a class above everyone else, and if you're using Shelby like this keeps him playing longer, then I'm fine with that. That Garibaldi nerd, injuries... And away collapses could be the death of us if we don't sort this out. Nice to see Shelby's proving his worth. Need to get him up and ready for nine, the four ninety. 90. Not sure about Ayu so far. Massive game next week, must win. And then final two, Simon Clark. I think we need Yates back as soon as possible. Phil for Surridge, for me, starts every game. Works his socks off. He should be our main man up front until the one, he comes back. And finally, Patrick Gallagher. Uh, Cooper goggles ripped off at West Ham. Silly decision to bring off Shelby. No room for idealism in in the bottom, four points off bottom, showed his lack of nas, nice, especially as the players ain't up to it. So very critical that one. But uh, everyone's entitled to opinion. So thanks as always for sending them in. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't the an ideal day yesterday, and unfortunately there isn't really any positives um, from yesterday. Um but I think well one would be would he get any injuries? That's probably the only one. But um, yeah, moving even on that, anyway. Even that yeah. <laughs> thing's fully, you know,
2: it kinda <laughs> yeah. came out after Lolly's playing about seventy percent capacity. Yeah, he did, didn't, didn't come off again. Um, so if, if you're looking at like if you look at Slim Picking for positives, I'd say Felipe and Navas again, like there wasn't much they could do about either goal really. Um, bad, bad, bad Lingard bad looked bright when he came on. But you know it's very,
3: very thin. I, 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 I mean, I, I see myself as quite a balanced person. I think probably will be folk could disagree with that, but I think you'd be proper scraping the barrel for any positives yesterday. Yeah, you, well, uh, the, well, one was that results pretty much went well for us. You know, Bournemouth, yeah. Everton lost, Wolves drew, um obviously Southampton down at the bottom, they lost. I know Leeds won. Um and obviously stand but Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing
0: at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.
3: Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reece off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reece, spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Anyway, let's move on. I am um, I mean, I'm going to touch a bit more on as a though, as I said in the last pod, uh, me personally, that we'd see where we are away from home after this one. And I mean, that now is firmly back at square one. Um, another heavy hit to the goal difference as well. So that's not ideal at all. I mean, that we've all said that could be crucial. So um, it turned out to be a horror show in the end. Um, Adam, start with you. So just a question each for you on this one. I mean, we've got a lot of centre mids at this club. Um Broiler, Shelby, Danilo, Danilo um, Cuyate when he's fit, Yates, Mangala. Um, so plenty of options in there. Shelby. Um, if I'm not mentioning him. I think I mean, I think we all agree on this one. We are best with three in there, especially away from home. I mean that putting three in midfield has seen his upturn in terms at home. I mean, but it has been a, a talking point really all season. Um, away from home. I mean, because we just don't seem to have made any progress, really. I mean, what what would be your ideal free centre away from home if if everybody was fit?
4: That's that's a really tricky one, that isn't it? Because obviously mm. it depends on opposition. I think if you if you're going to go there to not get beat, most of all, I think if all fit, Froiler Yates. And Shelby. Because Shelby, at least, has got that creative spark. I mean, he, he tried a number of times to pick a ball out from deep, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, I, th- I was going to ask you all as well, obviously, in in the commotion of of Christian's rant. And, and, and I mean, I'd, you shouldn't have to protect any player in your team. But do you think Cooper still wants to go back to the back five at some point? Because essentially, that's what he bought him for. We just were getting so dominated in midfield... But like when you've got if you've got someone like Shelby and Freuler in midfield who can control it a little bit better, then maybe you can go back to it at some point. But I the, away from home, I'm just not a fan of this narrowness. I don't think we get our fullbacks far enough forward to to support out wide, unfortunately. But when like Johnson got the ball to the byline from out wide and crossed the ball, and he put a really really good cross in, and I kind of just think why can't we go back to him being a bit wider than he is? I mean, there was a point where he went through on goal, and he tried to cut. Inside of Vagbona and said he'd already beaten him. Just mm. just shoot that goal like hard and low. Chriswood was there on the rebound. If Fabianski powers it out to him, it was it was a it was one the one time where I wanted Johnson to actually be a bit more selfish. Um, so yeah, but that, yeah, front I think midfield three, Froyle Yates and Shelvin. I never thought I'd ever say Yates, but we do miss, it, miss his energy and his tenacity in centre midfield, don't we? Like just to be a bit horrible and break or play and just. Piss people off a little bit and put them off the game a bit. I mean, that's why I like Kiati as well because he's kind of that sort of similar player, but with maybe a little bit more technical ability than Yates.
3: Yeah, like as well. Yesterday would have been oh, ideal to just to frustrate the crowd. Um, just to, yeah, you know, like that's something we didn't really do yesterday. You know, yeah. they they were they were there to be frustrated West Ham yesterday, and we didn't really didn't really do that, which was a which was a bit of a shame, but um. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. I think Freula Shelvin, Yates, but um obviously, you know, Yates is well, hopefully he's back in training, is he? So maybe he might be back in on um Saturday. And, and to be honest, if he is fit, I do think Cooper will put him back in. So um just shows you the turnaround of him. So fair play to the lad. Um Lee, um seven away games now remain for us. So we've played twelve. Um so far we've got Six points and only three goals, which is, which, which, I mean, let's be honest, whichever way you look at it, is just unacceptable. I mean, our way games to come uh, consist of Spurs, Leeds, Villa, Liverpool, Brentford, Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. I mean, do any of them scream at you where you can see fighters picking up points? No, um, <laughs> being brutally honest,
5: no, not all, um. Listening to that list, I've, I I can pick like two points out of there, possibly a couple of draws. Um, I, I just it, it's if we get relegated, it's going to be because of that away form, isn't it? Oh, Let's face it, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I mean, if we somehow survive by this, the thing is, as well, we're just piling all every. We're just piling so much pressure on ourselves at home. At home, yeah. Every home game has a fit. If we'd have gone to West Ham yesterday and got a draw, and you look at our last three games, so like Leeds, well, Fulham, I suppose we lost at Fulham, didn't we? But you look at the run, the point at City, a point away at West Ham, all of a sudden, yeah, it's still a big game, whichever way you look at it. But all of a sudden, that game against Everton is quite, you know, we can go into it quite relaxed and just play our game. Now it's going to have a cup final feel again because mm. they're another side that, I mean, I think Everton play Arsenal away on Wednesday, don't they, as well? They do, so, yeah,
3: which is good um, for
5: us. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of them games. If they go there and beat them, they can go above us by beating us. So, I mean, yeah, that that's the frustrating thing, that, that we're not making... We're in a position in the league table where we should be looking up, but because of our away form, we, we're constantly looking over our shoulder. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's really frustrating. And and given the form, it's just impossible. Even the most optimistic supporter must be struggling to look at those away fixtures and say, oh, yeah, well, we can probably get three points there and three points there. We've beat a hapless Southampton away all season. I mean... Who were very
3: toxic at that time as
5: well. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I I just can't see where another away win comes from. Um, And I know that sounds really defeatist, but we are like two different teams completely from when we're outside of Nottingham. Um. So yeah, it is a major concern for us.
3: Did you mean that? Um, if Everton was to beat both us and Arsenal to go above us? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Can I think I think it. that's
5: right, isn't it? I think yeah, right. that is right. I'm yeah, four just points behind at,
3: us. Yeah, four points behind yeah. us. I mean, for example, I'm just looking at the table now as home form this season. It would be ninth alone at home. So you just but mm. you know away with bottom in the league, joint with West Ham and Leeds. But Leeds have scored ten more away goals than us this season.
5: I mean I've I've said it like loads on this.
3: Six less as well.
5: I've said it loads on this pod, but ultimately away, we're just not brave enough. We're we're literally just we're scared to death all the time. And like playing anyway, a
3: progressive ball, I we're think. Just
5: lacking, we're just lacking a, a little bit of leadership away. Um mm-hmm. and hopefully
3: over time someone like Shelby might help us with that. Yeah. But
5: uh, I, I guess we'll see. It's just a
3: shame we kind of didn't buy Shelby fit because he I think him and Gibbs White would probably the, Even Shelby standing alone yesterday was the only one who was willing to kind of play it forward. I thought it was, there were so many times when we got it literally to the wings and Loddy and Williams. Williams would do an early cross and not run at the fullback, and Loddy would just turn it back, and we just kept turning it back uh, to his defense. And you've got, you've got at times, you have got to try and thread a ball through, you know what I mean? So, Mm. yeah. I mean, just a little stat on the back of um, that chat about as a way, um, fixtures to remain. Norwich are the lowest ever scorers in Premier League history away from home in a season with seven. I mean, to put into context kind of how bad as scoring is away from home this season with three, even Derby in that infamous season managed eight. So yeah, three goals in 12 games away from home is appalling. I, I mean, I don't like, as we all don't, Criticizing, but bloody hell, yeah. and we all keep saying as well it needs improving, but it's got to a point now where you know it's last chance saloon, even if even at that. And um, finally, for you, Christian, uh, on the back of that, I want to ask you, you know, probably the standout question I mean, do you expect us to stay up still, or is that home form becoming too overwhelming? For us, that it's going to become that much of an issue for us to stay up. Um, really, not a question.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I simply, I frankly don't know. I mean, it's, it's just. I mean, I obviously there was that article on the Athletic, wasn't there? It sort of looked at our waveform and like how like. Yeah, yeah that data, is well didn't it? I know, right? Yeah, how the uh, the data nerd's a bit confused that you know, Forrest of like scores, what's expected like for them to do at home, but away we're like mm. nine, ten goals down or something stupid. And I mean, uh, the thing is, I mean, you look at like potential what if moments. Obviously, Johnson missed the penalty at Wolves. There was the one he missed at Leicester when it was still nil nil. Um you know you th- obviously you think of like you know marginal things I think Yates and I had a head of clear off the line didn't he you look at disallowed goals at like United and Bournemouth, um, as well. Bournemouth yeah. fine
3: margins Is like on, yeah. yeah,
2: on this podcast but yeah you think of little things like that but it's just it's just bad it's just really really bad and I don't know if we've got enough I mean you know you're I think what Lee says is very right. We are going to put too much pressure on these home games, and you're basically we're going to get to a point where we're going to look at like United and Arsenal at home and look at these as like we have to win these games. The reality of that is that's like not likely to happen. You know, we we saw you know, United absolutely ravaged us at home in the League Cup game. You know, who said if if you know if it's the same right hand side who said oh, I won't do that again? You know, we saw how Rashford bullied Worrell very quickly, very early. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm. I really don't. I mean, I still think that you know that I, I said to you before a few weeks ago in the pod that I said that I thought that game Palace last year LA season that could that could be like a big, big, big deal, mm-hmm. and it's shaping up to be that great. I mean, it obviously this is the nature of football. Isn't it? I mean, if we win next week, it sort of puts a few it's, things. At it's in.
3: literally you what know. I was going to say. I and mean... we got you
2: know, three out of the next four games we're at home, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, really? I we realistically, I... we need five wins to stay up. So mm. you're basically saying, in order for us to stay up, we need to win five of our last X games at home. At but, home, yeah. yeah, Because we aren't going to do it away. I think what you yeah. said earlier like about going through that run of form, again, agreeably, you maybe see two points. Max, either being generous, you mm. might get a draw at Leeds, you might get a draw at Palace. Otherwise, you know, if we bowl at the Spurs, like we were in that last 20 minutes, or Liverpool, or Chelsea, forget mm. it.
3: Like Our goal would have been minus 40-odd if we play that again. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it it's just, it's so tight at the bottom, when, especially when you lose to a team who are down here with you. Mm. um, it, it kind of goes on to the back of a flip of a coin again, doesn't it? That game next Saturday is massive. I mean, we've got to win that at home. And, you know, fingers crossed, we all do because, you know, that will just take that pressure off a little bit again. And then, like you say, um, Christian, I know we've got Spurs away, but, we might get a bit more joy against Spurs in terms because they do like no to shots. sit tough. Do no
2: you know shots. No, no, we'll more. get... We'll get look, we've, we, <laughs> you know, we we don't
3: have a mentality for it. We just don't. I, like, I get what you I'm just saying in terms of their style of play, they, they're they not what, as front football football footers. Give the ball to Harry Kane. Oh, yeah, true. You We're know,
2: Yeah, we've just seen <laughs> Warrell yeah. unable to look over fucking shoulder to Mark Danny Ings. You know, somebody mm-hmm. spends half his time on a fucking like beds What's he going to do to argue the best striker in the world? <laughs> no, West, West,
4: West Ham actually let us have a lot of control of the ball especially when actually, yeah if... we had a high
3: amount of towards, session yesterday towards, towards, towards the end of the head, floor, I was, was I'm surprised by that I was quite surprised, I'm quite surprised by that
4: start. towards the end of the first half I was like if we just speed things up a bit we might get in here and then even in when we, after that first flurry in the second half I thought We've we've started to get at them. They, it's got to seventy minutes, and if we're still nil nil, and we, we've got them where we've got them, like their fans are going to start to turn if we can start to make chances. And then, in hindsight, now you go that change completely cost us. I think against T, like at home next week is, is obviously going to be massive, and we need to get behind the team. That's that's first and foremost against someone like Spurs. I think Nia Kati can't come back quick enough, can he? Really to play? I honestly consider <laughs> playing
2: Yates centre back at this rate. Seriously, I think war just needs dropping.
4: Yeah, well, at home, like you say, Christian, he's like he's he's like bipolar, isn't he? At home, he's brilliant. At away, he's like he, he, turns he into mush.
3: Well, he literally typifies Forest, doesn't he? Because at <laughs> home we're good and away we're not. Um, Captain's the, example, the, yeah. The game, the game yesterday reminded me of the game away at Everton earlier really, the season, where we literally, I know West Ham was the better side, but it didn't really cause us a lot of trouble and we kind of had West Ham at arm's length and you think, well, we've not played that well, which we really don't away from him, let's be honest, but if we get a point here, we'll take that back up the M1 and we'll be, I think we'd all been happy Um, and then if we'd have nicked a goal and won it, brilliant, but, you know, and then the last 20 minutes, God, I mean, yeah. I think, I
2: understand, I, this is where I do sort of feel a little bit of sympathy for Cooper because I mean, like, you know i know obviously i yeah, like about oh, the players have got to take responsibility of course as well, yeah they? but i mean ultimately so. he's seen that forest just got on top of west ham and he's thought i you know quite yeah. a chance to win it he's, he's obviously gone 43-1 mm-hmm. but, i mean obviously, obviously see if it's saying hindsight but i mean of course we just got on top of them playing that way i don't know why mm-hmm. he just didn't swap shelby for either danilo or Mangala or even Scarpa. yeah just keep that shape and keep things yeah. moving and you know we were gaining traction like we were gaining momentum we were pilling them back, we putting them in awkward situations. They weren't creating anything. As soon as we opened up, like I don't think I even touched the fucking ball either. It was a pointless sub. Mm. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, Frust- frustrating wanted. Mm. But um, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a bit different Anne, and and um, kind of a little bit of a cheer me up kind of section. But before we end up with the predictions for a huge game with Everton on Sunday. Um, it is on the back of some sad news, though, unfortunately, that as legendary broadcaster and iconic football commentator John Motson passed away this week at the age of 77. I mean, he covered decades of football, including 10 World Cups and a staggering 29 FA Cup finals, just name a few. I mean, yeah, if, if you watch UK football, the likelihood is you watch the game commentated by John Motson. Um, we are very lucky supporting Forrest that we do have a, an iconic commentator ourselves in Colin Frey. And we all do love a good piece of football commentary. It always does seem to make them good goals, even better. So, I mean, so many iconic moments from Motti, uh, as he was known. Um, So just wanted to know, guys, I mean, what's your personal favourite of his? Uh, Start with you, Adam.
4: Well, I thought I found a funny one, but I obviously imagined it because I thought he said he lobbed C- lobbed Seaman from forty yards when Ronaldinho scored that one in the World Cup. I mean, that was, I mean, that was a, an iconic one. I think the fir- my first memory of of John Watson is going to be England five Germany one. I was yeah. in France as like a young kid watching that with my brother with a load of English foreigners in France uh, in this really small room with a projector, and it was just like. Yeah, it was pretty iconic, really. Beat Germany in the backyard and, and stuff them. It wasn't even just beating 1 0 or 2 0 or whatever. It was 5 1. And yeah, Motson's commentary on that is, is pretty special. I mean, we obviously posted that one, um, Stuart Pace in the FA Cup uh, semi final. I think it was all I can't final. Final, mate. Yeah. Yeah, final. Um, That Pierce goal. I mean, that's it's not, not a bad one, is it, really? No,
3: I had to do something like for um, Forest Rafe. That's the one that sprung into my mind straight away. There is another Forest one as well I've seen from Motti where we beat Manu away 3 2 and Nigel Clough scores a header at the back post and he's commentating on that game. So uh, what about you, Lee? I mean,
5: there's too many to pick just one, isn't there? But yeah. I mean what I would say is Motson was just iconic, wasn't he? I think um yeah, it's just symbolic with with my youth. I think every football game that was on the telly. I think because um, I know Martin Tyler's probably got a similar feel with with Sky, but but to me, no one can kind of hold a flame to and He was just the voice of football, wasn't he? Um, yes. So yeah, I, I mean, the one I did. If you're pinning me for a line, I think it um, was one in the eighty-eight Cup Final. Obviously, seeing the highlights of it and that um, in the aftermath. Uh, when he said the crazy gang have beat the Culture Club, uh, when Wimbledon beat Liverpool, I thought that one was quite good. Um, and then, like Adam says, the England Germany was. I think he said something like one, it's one, two, three for Michael Owen. He just, he just had the ability to capture every single um, sporting, well, football moment perfectly. I thought, um, and I think other commentators kind of struggle with that knack. Um everything he said, you kind of like you had to listen to it, I always thought. So so yeah, it was uh, quite sad news, I suppose. Um uh, it'd it be it'd be sorely missed. I don't think the BBC coverage has been, has been the same um since then, to be honest. And I was actually a little bit disappointed, the little story when I was doing work experience at Mansfield, uh, we thought Motson might cover the uh, they got chosen for life coverage when they played Middlesbrough in the Cup. Um, and for a little while, we actually thought Motson would be doing the commentary. So almost got to meet him, but never quite, quite did. But, uh, but yeah, I think the BBC coverage has definitely um, struggled since, since he departed.
3: Yeah, I mean, as well touching on that England Germany game, um, it just uh, kind of frustrates me how poor of a pundit my clarin is because he was such a, an incredible footballer, and that England Germany game epitomised that. I know you guys used to play LMA manager as well, and I always remember after a certain point LMA started allowing you to like dress your manager up, and there was always a sheepskin coat option that always reminded me of John Watson So, um, yeah, what about you, Christian? Like, I mean, everything
2: Lee said there, I sort of agree. I think I, think I saw one thing from Watson. I think it's like, it might be an advice to another commentator or another commentator was sharing it was sort of thing. I think it was like, you know, um, don't say too much, but say a lot when you speak. That makes mm-hmm. sense? And he pretty much said what Watson did and like, you know, he just verified everything. I mean, I think, you know, the commentary when Beckham scored that free kick against Greece, you know, yeah. it was perfect as well. Like, and, you know um, when Heskey's running through for the five one, it's like, could it be five? Yes, it is. You know, it was like, again like the voice of football and the voice of football. I mean, like, I think it's just because it's so accessible as well. It's like, obviously, every FA Cup final, every like England game, it was shown on like um, BBC, whatever else. I'm pretty sure he was on the FIFA games with Ali like, Mc like the early ones, like 50, 2002 and stuff like that. So like. Yeah, it's it's it is definitely sad news, yeah, and like it's weird because he, unlike Tyler, he sort of went out at a good point. He sort of went out yeah. with people wanting more, and I think a lot of people sort of like bless him. And Tyler's obviously, you know, getting on now, he's in his, like what mid seventies, I think. So he obviously, he's never he's not going to be as enthusiastic as he was like twenty years ago. So ago, so it's I, mean, I think he sort of he left at a good point. He left with people wanting more, and. Yeah, I just think that it's 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 a good it's a big loss for the sport because you know he just captures everything so perfectly, so intelligently, so carefully. Like he's like you know, meticulous, like attention to detail. Like I mean, I, I heard like um, I think it was Tyler actually on on Sky Sports News saying like you know. The lengths that Watson would go to to get stats right, you know, like with like, because obviously, this was before like the internet, you could just do what you wanted. Like, you had to go to like, libraries and get like the, the book yeah. of the year sort of thing, or like check with the clubs themselves just to make sure like some tiny little stat that takes us like, you know, two seconds to look up now it would have cost us like hours of time probably before to work out and like, you know, go for a fine tooth comb for all these like, like <laughs> matches and stuff like that and like the end of year book. So, yeah, it's, I say, going back to, I've quite a bit, going back to the point in hand, I, I think the Beckham free kick, that's just iconic for him, isn't it? Like, it was such a significant moment for England as well, because, like, yeah, yeah obviously, like, and, you know, even um, another one that sort of went, I saw of those, when we beat Argentina, that sort of little ding on the last. Minute, that's that friendly, yeah. Yeah, like, they had the Stonewall penalty denied, so obviously, like, we had a header save, then it goes to the other end, and then Owen scores, and, like, and like, he's very friendly, and Motson's going, like, he's... Excited, but just getting it so right—just exactly what you want to hear It's like, yeah.
3: I think that was generally you the best England friendly ever. That Argentina game, oh, I that one, watching that. that one, yeah. um, well, I won't really call us against Argentina friendly as well. You know, what I mean, it did actually say in an interview on Talksport that the only car, the only time he kind of lost his base was that Beckham free kick against Greece, ironically. So. um, yeah, I mean the, the the most famous one, obviously, what gave him his break was the Ronnie Radford goal for Hereford against Newcastle. I mean, that is just iconic into the the absolute mud bath of the pitch and arrowed shot right into the top corner. And then all the kids running on with Parkers, the pitch invasion, um, really, really good. I do really like as I put on my tweet um, Italian ninety. I wasn't born then, but that tournament is very iconic. So I actually watched quite a bit of it, and. Um, England's uh, last 16 game against Belgium we scored in the last minute of extra time as Motti um, said uh, David Platt's volley which was um, a clip ball from Gascoigne and a really good technical finish by someone who's not liked by far <laughs> fans but uh, yeah so um, yeah it's a sad a sadness, and he's but what a wonderful career uh, from him so um, yeah main rest in peace John Motson um, so it is finally prediction time for our another uh, cliche six pointer. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that video on Twitter of or managers combined saying, yeah, it's a six pointer. But I think um Sunday is definitely that. Um it's also live on Sky Sports. Um I think Liverpool Man United might be after it. Um I might be wrong there. But um so Everton at home, Adam. I mean, what are we going for?
4: Maybe a squeaky bum time, especially with Dyche coming back into his hometown and Probably wanting to get one over on us. I, I watch, I see. I see the highlights of Everton against uh Villa, and they they were really knocking on the door for a lot of that game, yeah. and then and then Villa got a penalty, and it changed the the complete uh tone of it. Really, I think we have to get after Everton if we can score one. I don't. I can't see them getting back into it. In in all honesty, I think they are kind of similar to us in that in that instance where if they let a goal in, it kind of. Gets their heads down and, and they're
3: yeah, a bit mentally, which, them.
4: Yeah, as much as Daesh is probably a quite a good motivator, I just think that's the the mentality of his squad at the moment. I think getting getting into the heads of like Gay, and Anana, I think they're they're capable of more than losing their heads as well. So I think if the crowd can kind of contribute to that, and and the players can obviously initiate it, then I think we can get the better of it, and I think we'll beat them two 0
3: Okay, uh, moving on to you, Lee.
5: Yeah, I I think we might win. Um, Again, like I said earlier, I I, kind of hate the fact that we're putting so much pressure on our home games. But Mm. yeah, I do think uh, there's weaknesses uh, for us to exploit against Everton. Um, I mean, we should have beat them away, to be honest. We should have done, yeah. That is more... We should definitely have two extra points away, because we should have beat them. Um, I think we'll win. I think both teams will score. Um, So I'll go for 3-1, Forrest. What about you, Christian?
2: desperately want to be wrong because my dad's birthday next week or next Sunday when the game is so I could even go one or two ways but I mean I think that we're going to lose personally really. I think that um, we're, we're putting too much pressure on ourselves at home we're going to crack I reckon mm-hmm. that it will be devastatingly ugly like Deitch shithouse win 1-0 from a free kick a set piece or something like that and we just won't find a way to break them down they'll just put everyone behind the ball and we'll struggle Um yeah, I think, and I, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm just don't feel confident. So I just think it's got like we can't. It's weird because if you asked me before yesterday, I probably said like you know, oh yeah, well, we should be Everton fine. But I, no, nah, I'm struggling to see it. No, really, I know they lost two not earlier yesterday, but you know they were fairly decent, a bit unlucky to lose. It wasn't like us we just rolled over. So yeah, I worry that, that we won't have a fight to match them and. Yeah, I reckon we'll lose on nil.
3: Yeah, I get what you, I get what you're saying. Obviously, on the back of that performance yesterday away, but um, you know, at home, we're just so chalk and cheese, aren't we? So I am going to be positive, and I do think we will be Everton next Sunday. I just look at Everton. They do like this if they haven't got Calvert Lewin and even he hasn't been in the form what he was a couple of years ago, he's been stop start two of injuries. I just struggle to see where their goal goals come from this season overall, not just against us. Um, so yeah, be um, it'll be an interesting one. Um, very much it re- could be reminiscent of kind of the Leicester game where we say it all the time, don't we, in these games, but the first goal is so crucial and you, you do fancy whoever does get the first goal will probably go on and win the game. But um, I'm going to agree with Adam and I think we'll win 2-0 uh, next Sunday, which, fingers crossed, we'll take a 1-0 off somebody's backside. I don't care just as long as we get them three points. But, um, yeah, so that's it then for this episode. I mean, I hope you have enjoyed it as much as you can. I mean, I mean there's not much more to say, really, aside from, you know, let's do our bit as fans next week at the City Ground, get that rocking, hopefully to gain another three points in the Premier League and just take away some of this doom and gloom from this weekend's performance. But until then, take care and thank you very much for listening. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, Um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter. You know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, There is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than you know doing anything silly. I think that's um an important message to relay um to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network.
1: Talk sport.
3: Powered by fans.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win.